Welcome to the Whovian Review. I'm Shelby. I'm Michael. I'm Colin. I'm Kelsey. <laughs> and tonight we're going to be discussing Orphan 55, which was the third episode of Series 12. Well, what an episode. Now, I know we've talked a lot this season about um, pulling in stuff from other stories, so I'm going to go ahead and, and list some out right here. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, right. I mean, the last two episodes were enough that I just feel like I need a vacation, personally. <laughs> personally? <laughs> <laughs> well, we had the psychic paper come back for sure. Yes, and um, although this doctor has no idea what the other person's thinking when uh, deciding what in the world the uh, no, I think it's, she realized none of it was working. It was like, oh, with the police, no, you can't come in. Oh, you're the mechanic, no, you can't come in. And it wasn't until she was like, I'm inspecting the hotel. Then it yeah, but most of the other doctors in the past have actually been able to guess what they're thinking beforehand. Whereas yeah, but also a lot of the doctors in the past start with health and safety. True. Um, but anyways, as I was saying, <laughs> um, we've got a very strong similarity to the mysterious planet, which was from Trial of the Time Lord, no, in definitely. that the doctor's walking along an underground passage and sees a sign and realizes it was Earth all along. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, reference to Marvel. We've got uh, Midnight, the... Uh, from the fourth season of, of New Who, where, uh, you know, we again have a spa on a very dangerous, unlivable planet, and the only way to travel around on it is an enclosed vehicle that ends up running into some trouble in there. We've also got Planet of the Dead, where they also go to a planet that has, you know, fallen apart and been taken over by, you know, horrible creatures that kill things, and their bus breaks down in the middle of the desert there, and that's very similar to hear how the car breaks down. There's a lot of things that get pulled into the this. Paradise Towers. There's Paradise Towers. The first thing they say when they land is, let's find the pool. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my. Well, the, the first thing I'm going to say is that it seems to me that they've rewritten the history of Doctor Who by introducing the concept that there are no fixed points in time. Which is well, what she, she didn't say there are no fixed points in time. She basically did when she, she was telling the... Quiet, she Yeah, she did. She actually specifically said that to... Um, I think it was... Uh, was it? Was it? Who she was talking to. She was talking to one Her of the companions. companions. All of them, right? All of them? I thought it was She's one like, specific. don't worry. Like, this is only one this potential. Yeah, oh, that's like, right. They're all in the TARDIS when she did this. Yes, so it was all of them. Christmas future kind of thing. Although she does kind of, and funny thing is, is the doctor did do ghost to Christmas future once. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, another and, guy. Uh, but she, the doctor's always been like, there time is fluid and things can change except for specific fixed points. Right. But the problem I have with this episode is that it's a direct contradiction to the mysterious planet, which of course would be f- even further in the future from this because the tar- or the Earth is completely out of orbit around our sun and it's in a completely different part in the universe. And this wouldn't have happened. This this was never part of... This is not part of a timeline that was in previous... Unless something in 
all of the doctor's travels between then and now has somehow affected it so it changes. Well, didn't Can we you see... change fixed points, though? No, you can't change Didn't we see, points. though, in, like, New Earth, the same kind of thing happen where Christopher Eccleston comes in and makes a change and then goes 100 years in the future and everything's different than how it should be? To a degree, but but that was designed by the Daleks. The Daleks actually kind of set that up. It seems but like it a still means that time can change, even if it's decided by a different entity. To a degree, but... Time travelers can change the course of time. Yes. So a time traveler could have changed the Yeah, the master. Maybe he's going around destroying but then, all the planets. But then the timeline... So basically you're saying that this episode is saying that the timeline that all of classic Who and a lot of new Who has already established is now out the window. Yeah, it, it was not great. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, was, that was my point, is that it, it really doesn't... There's not enough explanation on the time traveling or the, or the effect it has on time travel, or even the fact that, okay, where does this fit in with all the rest of the Who universe? Yeah, because feasibly there are a lot of fixed points surrounding this timeline, because we, we've, we've spanned from the beginning to the end, and this seems to be completely new. Like, I hope there, there's some way that we can creatively marry these things. Like, I know last time we were talking about potentially other universes or beyond a universe. I don't know if this is a, a appearing into another universe he can teleport in, or, you know, I think you really need a stretch to give it a solid foundation in the universe. Well, what if the eco thing does end up working? And the, the terraforming? The, the terraforming, and so this could just be somewhere in the middle. That's a good point. Yeah, they may end up terraforming it and... And then cover up the, you know, the dirty past of the dregs yeah. that humanity was The dregs of. of humanity. Oh, I didn't get that before. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't either. It's, although, since we're talking about the dregs, though, I did really like the concept of they were successful and able to still live on the planet because they adapt so well. Because that really is the way that humanity, you know, beat out the other humanoid species <laughs> when we were evolving is because... We're, you know, an extremely adaptable design, and our intelligence just adds to that, our ability to adapt to different temperatures and climates and situations um, most animals yeah, can't do. So, like, to have, like, a mutation and the human thing that makes people more adaptable is, is an interesting concept. But that said, if all of a sudden nuclear winter struck, you wouldn't suddenly be able to breathe the carbon dioxide and breathe out oxygen. No, of course not. And all of our adaptability has to do with our intelligence, our tool use. No, no, no. Also um, with with our, the way our bodies are structured and the fact that we have very yeah, efficient way of walking. Yeah, over millions of years. But, I mean, yeah, but No, but that's, that's completely different than changing your whole respiratory system. No, I, I know. I, I, I get that. I'm yeah. just saying that that base concept I liked, but then the execution kind of fell yeah, apart. Yeah, and it really felt flat. Like, yes, yeah, sure, these are apex predators, but where are their prey? They are here. <laughs> yeah, there is, there is no organism except for this one, uh, um, you know, spot of the hotel where they're bringing people in. Where it seems like it's a fairly new phenomenon that they're getting eaten or taken or playing around with. Or that the hotel even exists. Yeah. I I think it's because the doctor arrived. That's why it all started. (laughs) (laughs) Must have. Because, you know, the fact that they're predators doesn't even make sense. You know, if, if they are functioning like trees and they can do some carbon dioxide and some photosynthesis to take everything... Where where's the predator coming from? They they don't seem to be cannibals. They seem to be pretty you know uh, more or less pack animals. I did see a couple trees. 
Yeah. I feel like shouldn't have existed either. Right. And they obviously don't eat the trees based on how their teeth are shaped. (laughs) Yeah, certainly some plot holes and some problems with them, you know, outside of just the evolutionary history. Did we talk about the fire when the doctor loses her, her oxygen... And, and there's, there's, fire there's green fire. Now, maybe the fire was made of different material. I'll, I'll give, but... Fire's fire. It needs oxygen. Fire's yeah. fire, but you can throw in aluminum and some other minerals, you know, if they're part of some sort of a tank, and you can get all different kind of colors. Oh, no, fire. no, no. The color thing's not an issue. It's the fact that there was fire burning when there was insufficient oxygen in the room. Well, but wasn't it next to the thing? Also, why did that thing not kill her? It just, like, gave her it, oxygen. It was asleep. It like in the like, middle of a battle, and it's just like, let me just take a nap. I don't know, it looked asleep, didn't it? Or didn't have the energy. I thought it was it dead like, at first, and then it, like... I And then they were communicating later, so I was like, oh, do they have some, like, weird mind melt? They certainly seem to. They seemed to mind melt, didn't they? Like, I think maybe it still understands the English after millions of years of evolution and generations. It somehow innately knows English. Actually, though, the TARDIS translation thing probably translated it for him. Where's but the, the TARDIS, TARDIS wasn't there, though. And the TARDIS tra- didn't translate the Russian. But when she looked into its memory, it had, like... Obviously, has shared consciousness right. with like past things, unless those things have been alive since the world got destroyed. Oh, well, the le- I think the idea was the leader had been alive when that happened, so it was a more recent event. So yeah. they just like changed that drastically in like no time. But this is a mind meld with with this creature, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So the mind meld was making a strong yeah yeah she, she's she really using that all too. I mean, to be fair, like, I always thought it was an underutilized skill. It seemed like it would be very easy. I mean, so the doctor did implant memories into Craig at one point to be like, here's who I am. Let me just explain everything by sticking my memories in your head. Oh, yeah. And so I guess, like, it could work the other way. That would make sense. Well, we already know the doctor's telepathic, so, and in the past... Right, but remember last time we were discussing whether or not they could only communicate over long distances with their heads with other telepaths, so it kind of comes into play of what are the capabilities if they're up close. Well, we already know that the doctor has done this before with other companions, even, where there's a mind meld whether you're taking stuff away or, oh, yeah, or, I guess that's and, or true. putting like in the girl in the fireplace is another example, the girl in the fireplace or, um, or even Series last episode Penelope. where she wipes all those people's memories, the spy and the, yeah, girl. good point. Yep. So yeah, the, the doctor memories. does have telepathic abilities that, that, um, usually are necessary. It's almost kind of like a captain Spock. Oh yeah. Thing. Plus you can put little kids to sleep by touching them on the forehead. Oh, yes. No, that's true. <laughs> Dad skills. Speaking I just thought that's something that you learn after caring for children for hundreds and hundreds of years. <laughs> One can hope. I love how the first person that we meet when they arrive, just going back to the beginning, is Vilma, this this creature that looks kind of like barf. 
from Spaceballs fit into like a Star Trek uniform? Well, they already did the whole thing with the cat people, so maybe they wanted to do a thing with dog people Ugh, that are equally poorly done uh, makeup. I just <laughs> wish they did. I mean, it was a, it seemed to be a blatant Spaceballs reference, or at least a nod to that character. Well, on that trend, what about the Oompa Loompas? That guy and his the son green. with the bright green hair, and the guy was even wearing an orange jumpsuit. <laughs> Yeah, that was um, – oh, who was that? Uh, Narv or something? Hyphen? No. No, not that was hyphen. hyphen. was the dog thing. Yeah, they explained well, anyway, that, but they I were characters. I think the Uber no, was, was a bit of a dark scratch. You know, they just have some green hair. Yeah, this writer's like, fine, I'm only going to reference past things, <laughs> whether it's Doctor Who or... Oh, Nevi. Nevi was one Nevi. Yeah, well, okay, so Nevi, I feel... I, so, like, the son, Silas or whatever, he was a reasonable character. The father was, like, an Oompa Loompa. He was wandering around, not very, you know, like, just kind of a doof. Well, he I didn't know. know. I actually like have seen both those actors and other things, and they're pretty good. So I just I mean, it was the like, characters. For yeah, sure. I felt like it was like why have kind of decently known actors play such minor dumb roles that were kind of pointless to even have in the episode, especially when there's other side characters that had like pretty strong storylines. Like even the old couple had like a stronger storyline than this father and son duo. Like, yeah, and that was a relatively cute story, except for I feel like. The actors, especially the women, weren't that great for like the old couple. Where I just like didn't like the, the story was was cute, but I, I didn't I really think feel there was for any them. bad acting involved. I mean, frankly, I, I didn't think there's any problem with a father and son. I mean, granted, they could have done something better with the hair. Sure, you know, I have a, like, I have a lot of. Um, well, and I don't think they, the actors there. did anything wrong. But, you know, I, I think also from what I've seen of those actors, they've been in kind of juvenile roles. You know, I don't think they've been. You know, they were kind of goofy. I don't think they've been in, you know, strong, save the day, have some act against, you know, my well, I didn't, And of. I didn't find them to be that goofy in this no. particular No, thing. they were just sort of unnecessary. Because to be honest, that whole thing with the little, you know, the, the virus getting transferred from machines to people, that was actually cool. But it was totally unnecessary for being in this story. I feel like you could build off that concept and have an entire episode about that type of thing. But there could have been anything that broke down the security system to start with. There was no real reason for Ryan to get affected by it. At first, I thought that girl was going to be a hallucination, but then she obviously wasn't. So that stopped being interesting. And then that was the only reason why the, the guy and his kid were useful in any way, really, other than like them saying, "Oh, I have I built this thing in the past," and they're like, "Oh, let's use this little robot thing to do stuff." I just felt like well, those were unnecessary they, details. I disagree. I think it actually had some utility in a few different ways. Like for the for the end, we got uh, Cerulean Four or something out of out of the virus. Sure, yeah. you could say we found it, or it was right here, or go with another explanation. It touches the creatures that evolve things. But I think a big part of it was to set the stage and to make it so we don't know exactly what's going to happen. Well, and also Nevi actually was the one that came up with the the explanation. You need that. If it wasn't for him, then... Right, exactly. And, And it just opens it up a little bit to start a story in an interesting, unique way. But more so, I think it's to throw the viewers off the trail. You know, we could have just a Monster of the Week story... Right. Or we could think it's going in another direction. For example, I thought, um, you know, Ryan's new friend that he made was a hallucination for most of most of the. Yeah, well, because especially like when Graham 
and it like encountered her for the first time and didn't even look at her. And yeah, it wasn't until the, the doctor like sat down next to her on the bus and actually looked at her that she was acknowledged. And by even then, yeah, she had some other lines, but they were not acknowledged by anybody else in the story. Right, but, right. So I, I think that that would have been really interesting if the story had actually Bella, gone. What's her name was it? Yeah, right. how, how it's Trixabel or whatever. Yeah, um, <laughs> I feel like as the story started, it would have been a better story. To have those little robots going around infecting people, Ryan has hallucinated this, you know, woman next to him who helps him out, but she's actually not real, and then, you know, when other people start to get affected and things fall apart, that would have probably been a better story. Maybe you should one. become a writer for Doctor Who. I would love to be a writer for Doctor Who. Alright, good luck. Or, or that at the end they could just have Ryan wake up and they'd be like, wow, you slept through a whole vacation, and it was all a dream. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of thinking I mean, everybody honestly, would just wake up sucking their thumbs and that would be the story. <laughs> well, here's one thing is that in the previous two episodes, we were told that not everything is as it seems. So that would be a decent explanation as to why we have alternative timelines and in on Earth and how Earth is ravaged and, and all these people are turned into these creatures. It doesn't None of that makes any sense. Unless there's dream crabs, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it could be dream I, crabs. I'd say a, a potential problem with that is though the doctor pretty much accepts this without really knowing the whole mystery. Feasibly, she doesn't know what's all a lie, what's up in the air, but um, you know, she's admitted that this is all changeable when we feel like we're boxed in by a prison of fixed points. Yeah, I, I see how that how you can get to that. Yeah, I mean, that does seem like a pretty massive thing to not be a fixed point, but as we've said, it turned out differently. Although I do like Kelsey's theory about terraforming working. Thanks. Well, <laughs> anyway, I mean, this is just, I think this is one of those episodes that that has, it has decent characters. It has a really good setting. I think the setting and the way it looked was amazing. I think that was really well done. Like and the, the, creatures. The, the creatures looked cool. The creatures looked amazing. I like the old couple. Uh, I guess it's Vilma and Benny at right. the beginning with Yaz just completely destroying their his proposal. Yeah, I feel like the they proposal. were setting me up for you know a bunch of plot twists that weren't there. Like I totally thought yeah. when Benny started talking after he was running at thirty clicks an hour, he was going to be a drag himself. Yeah, me it's too. It's odd that they'd have him just hanging around outside, but I guess it's carrying I, him on a backpack or something. Maybe it was to lure people in, but that should have been made yeah. more obvious. Yeah, I just... It, there were a lot of things that came together in, the, in this episode that didn't seem like they fit. Although, the episode was exciting, though, I must say. It, it was, was exciting. It was, it, was, it was very entertaining. It had a very disaster movie kind of motif, kind of like Voyage of the Damned. Uh, Christmas special. Yeah, that it has that kind of a feel where you get you get a lot of these big name characters, and then they get knocked off one at a time, and and you're saying, okay, who's going to make it to the end? That part of the episode actually I kind of enjoyed, um, and uh, and also the, the the little budding romance with. Um, Bella and, and Ryan wasn't actually all that bad either. And the whole Bella and her mom story. Was oh, yes, yes. Uh, her mom, Kane, who, of course, was sent here to, to basically run the place. And that was kind of just sort of secure. thrown in there, too. Yeah, it was kind of thrown It seems like they had some really <coughs> great concepts. And some of them were realized, and but not all in the right way. And, and maybe they just needed a little bit more tweaking on this episode. Also, right. it's... Well, Shelvin and I both said as soon as the episode was over, 
why didn't the doctor go back in the TARDIS to save them? It's just like, oh, there's nothing we can do in our time machine. <laughs> it sounds like her message was, instead of saving them here and now, we will save them by bettering humanity. <laughs> yeah, because that is now something... Now let's fly off to the next place. Yeah. I was waiting. Get a real vacation. I know, and let's not go back to Earth and actually implement any of the things we've learned to help prevent this future. Graham just says, oh, they'll be all right. When did Graham ever say everything's going to be all right? Graham's like the one that's the most pessimistic one of them all. Right, it's a betrayal of his character. Well, so, not... so I was like waiting for Graham to tell the doctor, no, go back and get them. Well, maybe In he's which just case... trying to comfort Ryan. He's like... Well, yeah, but, but still, I mean, they could it's... have gone back and saved them. Yeah, I mean, the second tenth... later, they could be there. The tenth they doctor can... went back but to... But you realize around them. Yeah. <laughs> If the Tenth Doctor goes back and saves Peter Capaldi, then the Thirteenth Doctor could go back and save them and turn into one of them uh, later. To, to, to be fair, Michael's <laughs> talking about Peter Capaldi, the character in Fires of Pompeii, not Peter Capaldi, the Doctor. That's unfair. <laughs> yes, this is true. This that is true. you know. Most people out there who are listening should probably know that. Well, not necessarily. True, true. But the general <laughs> But at any rate, more Average viewer, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> At any rate, um, let's do ratings. Colin, what do you think of this All episode? Right. So I have a lot of thoughts about this episode. This episode was really gripping. I was inter- interested the whole time. At least it caught my attention. I love the creatures. Um, it diverted me in a couple of ways. I'm thinking, you know, people turn into creatures, which in the end they kind of did, but it was it was a while ago through, through other means. Um, but, you know, I, I felt like while I was gripped the whole time... When it was over, looking back on it, eh, it just didn't all come together. I felt like just in the, in the last couple episodes, which I really enjoyed, um, it got me really excited for the season, it, it felt similar in that I felt like they had a lot going on, and they didn't really tie it all up and make it all as relevant as it could be, which was pretty disappointing. I would say for this, you know, it, it's a really, uh, it's a nice message and I think I'm seeing that as a theme more so in this era and definitely through this episode. these episodes. Like last round we got um, about the warnings of big tech, and this one was about the warnings. I guess they put in climate change also with nuclear war at the same time. I think it seems like the nuclear war was a little bit more relevant um, in the few flashes that we saw there. Um, but, you know, all in all, I think this element... Uh, this episode really fell a little flat for me when, when it was over. Um, nice message, nice thought. I think they were trying to do a lot, and it didn't quite all land. It was an interesting story. It was a fun sci-fi thing to watch, but um, it, for me, it's just getting a 5 out of 10 this go-round. I hope they'll step it up going forward. Wow. Okay. I'll see. Yeah, I was not a huge fan of this episode. Um and it, I mean, it was exciting. It was fine. It felt like a, a filler episode, which I kind of expected after like the season premiere. Um, and like, I felt like the companions ex- were kind of like sidelined again. I mean, Ryan had his story and stuff, but Yaz was like had like one line in the whole thing, you know, and was kind of pointless character again. Which I know they can't all have a plot in every single episode. She um, did remember that oxygen. Was was a defense mechanism. Yeah, that she was her own line. Yeah, <laughs> she also ruined a proposal. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she had a little bit of like interactions, but I mean, overall, like 
I felt like the character development was more focused on the side characters, which I know happens in some episodes, but... Well, especially when they're about to be killed off. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, it's like they want you to be attached to these characters that are dying, um, sacrificing themselves. Multiple characters did that, although one didn't actually sacrifice herself because she mysteriously appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I agree with Colin. Like, there's a lot... A potential and a lot of like things thrown in there and maybe it was to throw us off the trail and they're trying to trick us but to me it just kind of seemed a little sloppy like they didn't tie up a lot of loose ends and so that seems to be a little bit of a theme this season and I didn't see last season so I don't know if that's a theme from last season as well but I'm hoping that it gets a little tighter in the storyline and that they they kind of cut out some of the like use like the stuff they're not going to wrap up and just focus on the important things that would make me happier um i get i've i don't know what to rate this one maybe like a 5.5 which is like pretty low for me but i, I didn't hate it i guess that's how i'll finish <laughs> all right um yeah so after the previous episode, I was so excited for the season because I was thinking about all the good things that came from it. Um, but, you know, to Kelsey's point, yeah, they didn't really quite wrap things up. But I thought the rest of it was all in a positive direction. But now we're back to not wrapping things up and a lot of things just being kind of left out there and not quite making sense, um, which is a lot like last season. Uh, the pacing is definitely better. But other than that, it, it does seem a lot like season 11, so I'm hoping this is an outlier in this season and the rest of it's a lot better, but I'm starting to lose a little bit of hope <laughs> for it, to be honest. It was entertaining, though. I do have to say I was gripped the whole time, but I also thought that it was going somewhere that, you know, didn't totally wreck things that we already knew about Doctor Who and, and didn't kind of leave a bunch of loose ends dangling about. Uh, so, I'm going to have to give this one a 4.5. Whoa. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, first of all... Highest rating is coming from Michael. I'm <laughs> calling it. I, I even feel like I should revise right now until I got about six, but no, yeah. I'll stay firm. Uh, nobody's questioning what you've already rated it. I um, am. <laughs> okay, never mind. Um, this was a very entertaining story. It was definitely um, a character-driven story. I don't think this was actually written by Chris Chibnall. No, it was written by someone who I didn't even recognize the name. Yeah, it was. Um, but at any rate, um, it was written by Ed Heim. Um, so, at any rate... Um, the, uh... Yes. <laughs> the episode will get this rating from Michael. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, a, a text came in. Um, no, I was... I was... I was really excited for this episode. I, I really had fun watching it when I first watched it. And I had a really good discussion about climate change and, and, and the potential for what could happen and, and also timelines and all this other stuff. So I actually did find this a very entertaining story and I actually felt a connection with some of the characters. I love the whole Ryan and Bella kind of little romance thing. And then on top of that, her mother as well. I think I, I didn't have a problem with, I didn't think there were too many 
side stories. I think that was the point, was that there's all these characters. They're all going to have their own story. But um, but I think the overall plot is what fell flat for me, is that it just – I don't know. It, something just didn't click and it did seem to rewrite the, the history of what happens to Earth in the future. Um, and how many times are the, is the human race going to turn into something other than the human race? That is another trope that seems to be a problem in most science fiction programs. Including this one. But especially in this one. Yeah, the drapes seem like they really need to be moisturized as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, or at least, uh, yeah. I don't even know if they drink water anymore. Well, heck, they kept their bodies this time. They did keep their bodies, yes. They do have... What they what you could call I guess a body. But um the music was great. The the fast pace of, of this episode really gripped you. You you were I was kind of concerned for certain characters. I thought certain characters were gonna get killed off that didn't. And then I was very happily surprised. And then I and then there were characters that I thought, hmm. But also, I, I was felt. I felt I wish like they've been killed. Off. <laughs> I I felt like the again. What like we discussed before, the doctor could have gone back and saved the two the two people that were still left in this situation. Yes, they helped them escape. Did they really have to die? I mean, I, we don't know that they'll die. They, but maybe they'll go back after a real vacation. I'm, all I'm going to say is, unless they can teleport out of there and somewhere else, I don't know. That just doesn't make sense to me. So, well, I'm going to give this actually a 6 out of 10. It is going to get a little higher rating only because um, of the entertainment value. Um, let's hope that we can work on these plot lines. I don't want a repeat of last season. Please. Yeah. Pointless plots, meaningful messages. Let's uh, try and find some middle ground. Exactly. Anyway. We'll take plots over messages if it's a straight choice. <laughs> well, we have – they had a whole entire year to come up with this. And they seem to have come up with something that – unless there's a further explanation for it, just eh. – yeah, unless at the end of the season we find out that this entire season they've been in a parallel universe. <laughs> well, it's possible. I mean, for all we know, because, I mean, we don't know what's going on. Here's they could still wake up and be sucking their thumbs tomorrow from a it, little virus incident. It would explain why Unit is no longer around, and it would explain why Torchwood is completely Well, but Unit no longer was around when uh, in Resolution 2, so that would have to go further back. I think it's the Master. Yeah. Maybe. All right. Well, let us know what you guys think. You can email us at thewhovianreview at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and YouTube. any rate, hope you all have a great night, and we'll see you all next week. Y'all come back now. Bye. 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 Bye.